he sees you, that he has promised you something and that promise is going to come to pass. He sees what you're going through now. And just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean that his promise is still yes and amen. Just like Joseph had dreams before he went through all the trials, before he was imprisoned, that promise still came and he had to go through those trials for that promise to come to pass. And he just wants you to know that he sees you, that he has not forgotten you. He stood before creation. He created you on purpose. And those promises are still yes and amen. All we have to do is have our arms up, our hearts abandoned to him.
purpose to be here except for you. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Well, he is so good. We encourage you just to go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. We're so glad to have you here with us. It's good to see you tonight. Everybody, everybody happy? Okay, a couple of you are. 
Well, I'm glad you're here, whether or not you're happy. I'm glad you made it. I can't guarantee you're going to be happier by the time you leave. I don't know. But I, but I believe in miracles, so, you know. Yeah, I'm, like, super loud, they're saying. I'm, I'm like, Margaret's like, whoa, turn the guy down. He's, like, loud. But I do believe in miracles, so I believe y'all are going to be happy by the time you leave tonight. Amen. All right. Well, let's, let's take care of our, our giving tonight. So if you do have something to give, you can get that out. And um, uh, I, I just believe so much in who God is and his faithfulness and his goodness. And, and uh, you know, whenever, whenever the Lord drops some sort of giving on my heart, I found that I'm in a place that that's good news to me. Because, it, you know, early on in my Christianity, it wasn't good news because I like to do stuff with my own money. And it had to do with me. Right? You know what I mean? Benefit myself. But, uh, but now, now I've, I've come to the place in my, my walk with Jesus over a long lot of years I noticed several, lots of years ago, that there's a transition that when the Lord dropped things on my heart about giving, and it wasn't just money, but just in general, that I was like, wow, this is an opportunity. And I wasn't so worried about myself anymore. You know, that's how you allow God to take care of you. When you abandon yourself to his will and his ways, and even though there's times where he drops extra things in your heart, you know what I mean? And you're, you're sort of abandoning yourself to him, so he can do what he wants, and then all you do is set yourself up for his, his provision to constantly come. Because he provides seed. Who does he give seeds to? He, he doesn't, it doesn't go like, well, he provides you a bunch of seeds, then you sow. He's providing seeds for the ones who are already active in their sowing. And be, because if you're faithful with, with what? Little. Right? So increase is because of what we're already in the practice and habit of doing. If, if you, in life, if in general, if you wait for things to line up before you act, generally you're not going to get much for, with it, far with anything. You've got to walk in obedience. That opens doors for God to do the things that he wants you to do, right? So if, it's kind of like, it's kinda like uh, a couple gets married and say, well, when we get all of our finances straight and out, everything's perfect, then we'll have kids. You're never going to have kids. <laughs> You're never going to be perfectly ready. You know what I'm saying? And God, you know, when God calls you to do things in life, it always has to be mixed with what? Faith. And if everything was all perfect and lined up, do you need faith to do it then? No. Right? Faith is stepping out into the unknown in some manner. Faith is trusting God in some way. But, but stepping out and trusting is, well, there's really not much stepping out and trust if everything's just lined up and perfect. Your Christianity should never always be perfectly lined up and orderly the way you like to think about it. There's an element of trust that's always drawing you out into something that causes you to have to grab onto him. You know? And, and so giving that way is, is, is that 
Well, I give of my tithe and I give of my offering and, and then things that he lays upon my heart that's included in offerings, stuff in the church, stuff outside the church. It doesn't always line up financially to do it in your mind. But, but I don't think God works the books like we do. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't work the... It, our math is not his math. You know what I mean? So, so we got to learn to live in his provision. Amen? So there's been, there's been times in our lives, early on especially, when we're just carving away in this life when the Lord would drop on our heart to do something, sometimes financially. Looking back on those moments, those, sometimes those numbers that came to us, they wouldn't seem big now, but back then, whoa, that's a little bit right there. That takes some faith to give that. So one, one time, um, and I'm not saying this is the pattern how it always works, but in other words, stepping out in God's provision. One time, we, we were in a service, and at the end of the service, they were taking up a special offering for something, and, and we felt to give. And I, just this number dropped in my heart, and I thought, ooh. And I'm always, like, looking at her going, uh, <laughs> you know, how, how is this going to go with this interaction with what I feel in my heart? You know what I'm talking about? So we need to be in agreement, right? So I said, what are you thinking? She said, well, believe it or not, I'm thinking this. I was like, that's what I was thinking. And at that moment, that was a big number for us. So she, she wrote check, and, and we dropped it in there, and we're leaving the church. Remember this? And somebody walked up and said, hey, the Lord just dropped this on my heart to give this to you and, and dropped something in my hand, and they just walked off. And it was double the amount, exactly double the amount of what we gave. Now, I'm not saying that's the, the way things work, but God was just letting us know in that moment, you're never outside of me when you obey what I told, tell you to do. So I don't give looking for, okay, who's supposed to give me double what I just did? I'm, it's not like that. You, you want to, come on. But other than that, I'm not looking for it. You know what I mean? God will do what he can do, and he will, if, if you will walk in obedience. Amen. All right, let, let's pray over your tithe and offering. Lord, we thank you. Uh, just we can give tonight, Lord. And I, I pray in the name of Jesus that, that uh, we walk in obedience to your will, your way, the things that you're showing us, Lord, so we can continue to step up in you and to be used beyond the things that we can see in our moment. Lord, Lord, I thank you for that, and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So come on down if you have something. We are closing out um, this weekend with 21 days of prayer. And, and I know you've been faithful in your prayer and your, your day a week during this time of fasting. Thank you so much for praying. And I'm believing uh, that we're going to see God things this year. That's what I believe. I mean, y'all believe that with me. We're just going to see God things in this year. And whatever those God things are, we're going to see it. So uh, thank you for your, for your praying. Um, now, uh, don't forget marriage nights. This is important. If you're planning on coming to marriage night, I need you to sign up. That way, for food, also child care if you have kids so we know who's coming so I can make sure all that's taken care of. There's a sign up at the back there, so it is February the 11th and the 18th. Now, if you can't make one but can come to the other, that's cool. Still sign up and just mark which night you can be there. Um, other than that, we're going to come together, and we're going to strengthen our marriages together. That's important. Amen. Uh, by the way, if you do have a question about marriage, uh, if we have some questions, we'll close out 
both the nights with answering some of those questions. There's a box back there wrapped like a Christmas present. Just shove it in that box and, and we'll take care of that. And next Wednesday is our uh, youth hangout night. So if you've got somebody from 5th to 12th grade, one of your kids, uh, bring them out for that. So that's always a good time. Okay, get your Bibles out. Hebrews chapter 12, if you have your Bible. Hebrews chapter 12. Something just kind of straightforward and simple tonight. Uh, in two weeks, not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after, we'll be starting our series on Wednesdays on the book of Revelation. I'm looking forward to that. And Sunday, I'm gonna, I don't know how long I'm going to talk about this. I just felt dropped in my heart. Sunday, we're going to start talking about your past. Not your past specifically. But... I want to talk about your past because regret, shame, whatever of your past paralyzes your moment and can steal your future. Amen. And we're going to start talking about that a little bit Sunday. So come on out for that. But anyways, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 28. So the book of Hebrews is about the supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus as he reveals uh, God, he is the mediator of God's grace. And, and the book of Hebrews is built around the fact that he is greater than what is previously revealed in what we call the Old Testament. So you have to read it to, to see that whole big picture happening. Um, but Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be what? It cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. Now, the big picture theme, or one of the two or three big picture themes we're going to get into that we see in the book of Revelation is that all the kings of the world will be shaken. I don't want to get into it yet, but all the kingdoms of this world will be shaken. But the kingdom of God will not and cannot forevermore be shaken. That's the kingdom you're a part of. Now, how do you get in the kingdom of God? How are you a, a citizen of the kingdom? Salvation, right? You are saved. You, you call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. You know, salvation isn't hard. Is that right? It's, it's actually very easy thing. You call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. So salvation is the entrance into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is a kingdom not of this world, that through the hearts and the lives of the people in this world is establishing itself here. It's not looking for natural land with natural borders and those kind of things, but it is the kingdom of our hearts, of our lives, that's in us and works through us. That is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And the kingdom of God is ruled by, well, who? God. And God is the, he's not the president-elect, he's the king. You don't get to elect him in the kingdom, he is the king, right? He's in charge. And we live by the rules of the kingdom. That's why we're citizens of the kingdom on this earth as it is where? In heaven. The kingdom comes. So where is the kingdom of God? Right here. It's in you. And it works 
through you. That is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And in the world, again, where all the kingdoms not only will be shaken, but they're always shaken. You know that? There is nothing that is instituted by man that is completely firm and sure and perfect. No matter how good it seems, even if there's some of it's better than the other. Why choose this over this? Okay, but still of man. And it's still a kingdom that is not only being shaken, but will be shaken. How do we know this? So when, when the kingdom of God comes in its finality, how this world is run, new heaven, new earth, how it is run will resemble really nothing that we live in right now. It will be brand new. Amen. I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for that. So the kingdom that can't be shaken now, when it comes, will not be shaken. For, for, for how long? For forever. That right there should boggle your mind. Well, if you really think about what's it mean to live eternally, there's something about your brain that's just start doing little flips inside of your head. There's like, oh my goodness, that you can't entirely comprehend it. It's outside the, 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 the reality of how we think because of what we're in, right? But this is a kingdom that will not be shaken, cannot be shaken, and we have received that. That is in the faithfulness of God because the faithfulness of God cannot be shaken. That is in the fact that God does not change. It won't be shaken. That, that is because he is the same yesterday and, and today and for how long? And forever. This is the kingdom that we have. And you're in it. So how many are saved? You got it. You got it. It's within you. Amen. And thus let us offer to God acceptable what? Acceptable what? Worship. We are to be a worshiping people. Now, everybody worships something in some way, whether or not they acknowledge it. How you live your life is worship to something. To the cravings of, of, of the natural man, to, to sin, to, to things that would fall under the term idolatry. We all worship something. So since we have received the kingdom that can't be shaken, let us worship God acceptably. In other words, in a right way. See, when God called Abram, he calls him out of a sinful and lost world, right? He's leading in Abram to eventually establish who? The nation of what? Israel. Israel was God calling a people out and teaching them to worship him in an acceptable way and then to learn how to live with each other in a way that's just. He's calling a people out. Okay? Now, now, obviously, we are the extension of it. Through Jesus now, we are called out to live in a way that we're worshiping God in an acceptable way and learning how to live justly. In other words, loving God with everything you have and loving your neighbor as yourself. 
right? This is what it means to be in the kingdom. We live by him, then he then teaches us how to live this way. Upward relationship, inward change, outward lifestyle. That's what happens. Upward relationship with God, then he's changing me, he's showing me. Part of it is then doing this right here. So we are people who must worship him with acceptance. In other words, it's always the reminder, every time you worship uh, purposely, like we did tonight for those few moments, is the constant reminder that he is God and you are not. Every time you raise your hands up, every time you, you lift your voice, every time you bow down, you are basically saying, there is something out there that I'm, I'm presenting my physical being to in worship. So, so we've got to live in a way that we're worshiping purposely like that. As I said, that worship is the way you live. So worshiping purposely in song and, and music and those kind of things it is a way of teaching you then, but when I'm not doing it purposely, I'm still doing something that's worshiping something, so I must learn how to live in a worshipful way that, that's acceptable to God. That, that's life change. That's becoming like him and all, all those different kind of things. But, but watch what it says here. Why would we do this? Well, we do it because our God is a consuming fire. And what that causes us to do when we remember that, we worship with reverence and with awe. Because our God is a consuming fire. It's drawn on Deuteronomy chapter 4, I believe. Now see, God is the God who is going to judge this world in a way that it will be judged in finality. Amen. And the consuming fire that God is is a reminder of the wrath that is to come. Right. Now, again, you can't sugarcoat Christianity to get away from the fact that sin will bring wrath. It's coming. But the consuming fire of God that eventually brings wrath and purifies it all is at work in you now to do what? to bring you to a place where you're holy and acceptable unto him. The consuming fire of God that purifies you and works in you, and it's like burning out the shaft that doesn't need to be there. And it's making you into something. So we, we, we got to be people who in our worship of God, we do it in a way that remembering who he is, that it strikes a sense of wonder in all in our lives, in our hearts. I, I, I desire to see a people, I desire to see a people who allow themselves to be overwhelmed by him. Overwhelmed by him in a sense of, of wonder and in a sense of awe. 
Do you realize that the more you're overwhelmed by him, the less chance there is you're overwhelmed by the world? You know that? The more you're overwhelmed by him, the less chance there is you're going to be overwhelmed by what the world is doing. The more you're overwhelmed by him, the less you're going to be overwhelmed by him when problems crop up in your life. When things aren't working out the way you want them to. Because these things will happen. They're going to happen. Right? See, the practice of worship is extremely important to constantly remembering this wonderful God that we serve. And the practice of worship, again, puts you in a place that you, you are remembering that he is God and he is who he says he is. And you remind yourself he will do what he says he will do. And to become overwhelmed by his faithfulness, overwhelmed by his goodness, overwhelmed by the fact that he is God, that will serve you in the proper moments. Because it's a constant reminder about, well, who he is. See, one of the greatest things that can happen in your life as, as somebody who believes in God is not that you believe in him, but your belief in faith activates in your life what he is, what he will do, what he is about, because he desires that interaction. Worship is one of those avenues of connection to him. And all the things it does for your, your being, what it does for your mind, what it does for your perspective, what it does for how you respond, all these different things that happen in life. But we, we've got to come to this place where I am going to worship him in an acceptable way. What is an acceptable way to worship God, by the way? You just come to him with a humble heart. You just come to yourself, come to him with, again, this, well, you are God, I am not, have your way. And, and I, I worship you because of, of who you are. I worship you because of what you have done. I worship you because of the good works that you are always doing. And I submit to you. That, that submission thing is huge. It's giant in the kingdom. Submitting to him. Therefore, you put yourself within him. Then he can do what he wants. Listen, I'm as stubborn as anybody else in this room, I promise you. Ask, ask my wife. I can be pretty, pretty pig-headed, pretty stubborn, right? I like to do things my way. Is that true? Yes, you just smiled and closed your eyes and shook your head. Yes, affirmative. See, see, mankind in our beings, we're not very submissive creatures. We don't like to submit. We don't like to be told what to do. We don't like to be made to do anything. We, we don't like it. But we like to live by our will in the way we think is best. Submission is huge in the kingdom. That, that your will is broken down, I mean broken down, and given over. So in the kingdom, 
You have no rights other than the rights that he gives you. You know that. And it shows up in all the little things that, that get after you. So, so you're mad about something didn't go your way, and you're just about it. Ever get there? What rights do you have in that moment as a Christian? Well, to respond like Jesus would. That, that's your rights. That's the rights he gave you. Right? Not, not because, well, I want to do it this way. I want to do it how I want to do it because i got to make sure this happens. And you respond as he has called you to respond. But you're never going to do that unless you submit to him. And the most practical way you constantly submit to God is in worship. It's this constant putting yourself before him. Again, you are God. I am not. I worship you. Do what you want. Then he starts to do it. Then you're like, whoa, time out. Can we have a side chat here? Let's stop the play a minute here. Let's, let's talk for a minute. I don't like that. I would rather do it this way. Are you sure I can't just punch him in the face? Are you positive about that, God? Because I'd just really like just to just, just, one, just once, one time. I know you'll forgive me anyways, right? Just once, right? But he's saying, no, no, no. There, there is a different way. As a matter, matter of fact, it's not only a different way, but it's a way of abundant life. It's what you're asking for. We want abundant life. Well, this is how you get it. This is how you get life and freedom from sin. You will never live life fully in the freedom of your sin until you submit to him. Because we want our sins forgiven, yes, but then we're called to live in freedom from the sin we've been forgiven for, and you'll never do that until you fully submit. Right? So you can pray all day as an example to, for God to forgive you about, let's say, like my past used to be blown up in anger about something because I felt guilty about it. But am I willing to work and change what I'm asking to be forgiven of? Because how often do we ask to be forgiven of stuff we're not really willing to change? We want forgiveness, but we don't want to submit. Right? So following Jesus, notice the word following. Following him is a life of submission. To, to his will and his ways that, well, he, he forgave you, but now he needs to show you what it means to live in the forgiveness that he has given you. And it can only come from a life of submission. And one of the biggest ways, again, we learn this is what we worship. We take time out to purposely worship our God. That in itself, taking time out and purposely worshiping is an act of submission. It's teaching you something. It's showing you a way. But to be overwhelmed by him in those moments, it's not like it's every time. It's not like it's an emotional uh, thing all the time. But, but that you have a sense of being overwhelmed by him in that place of submission of worship. 
It's, it's that reverence and all. You know, I, I, I've heard uh, Ann Dillard, this is an author, check her out sometime. She, what, I think she's English, maybe. Maybe wrong about that. Because I only say that because this quote has the word blithely in it, so whatever that comes from. Do, uh, we blithely understand the power we invoke when we simply pray. You're connecting to this, this God that, that we should see with reverence and awe. So, so, so let's say the, the worship team's up here. This isn't a show. It's not a show. It's not a concert. We've come together to purposely, as a unifying group and congregation, to acceptably worship God in submission with the hope and belief that he will meet us here. Do you understand what we're invoking when we say that? That the presence of the almighty God would come and be present among us. You don't approach that with just, ah, just cavalier or whatever attitude. Whatever. That we come purposely to be together. And in that, maybe we'd be, be overwhelmed by him. And what I mean by that is just, just, just a sense of, wow, wow. This is God. And he's personally, purposely touching me. This little old, broken down, imperfect, Long ways to go, me. That's amazing. Absolutely, positively amazing. And to be overwhelmed in those moments. That God would show up and just be with us. And now, now in that submission, that consuming fire is kind of working its way around. You know what I mean? purifying, drawing us into sanctification, holiness. He's taking us somewhere in that, right? He's doing that work now, so the fire of the wrath to come is, is not our destiny. Amen? But he's doing something. That we will be a people of worship. This is, this is, this is, extremely kind of basic, basic way of, of, of living life. That we are taking our purposeful time to worship him and it reminds us then how we live is worshiping something, right? So, so we're reminded that, that this relationship with God, that this consuming fire, he's doing something in me and he's changing me because there's a way I need to go about this life. It's, it, abundant life. So when we think about Christianity, well, Christianity, what people that call the name of the Lord, we believe in Jesus and his work on the cross and the forgiveness of sins, but then what? Then what? Once you believe in those things, then what? It's the life marked 
and by the way, this does not stop. Even in new heaven and new earth, there's going to be worship. Right? That life is constantly and consistently marked by worship. And that you're constantly reminding yourself about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and all the things that God is. So, so when life isn't working out, generally those times don't happen when you're in the middle of worship, right? There, there at some point in your day, something doesn't work out. You get a phone call, somebody says something to you, you see something, circumstances happen. Life isn't working out. You're not overwhelmed because you've been overwhelmed by the God who's with you. Because God responds to his people. And when, you, you know, when you're following him, you're always with him. He's with you. And when you're following him, he doesn't leave you, he doesn't forsake you, none of that stuff. So when you find these moments that would mainly, maybe overwhelm you, you go, whoa, hold on, circumstance. I've got some news for you. See, I, I, serve, I serve God. You know what? And I actually worship him. I've submitted to him. Therefore, I am in him. And he is in me. So whatever you are, circumstance, understand that the God who made all things, that spoke everything to existence, that nothing surprises him, nothing gets past him, nothing is too big for him, he's with me. And I'm not going to be overwhelmed by you because I've been overwhelmed by him. So let's go. We're going to get through this. It's going to be all right. If God has to pick me up, if God just has to hold my hand, if God's got to pump me over the line, whatever God needs to do, he's going to do it. Because he is my God. My God. Amen. All that happens because we just are people of worship. people of submission. We understand the, the consuming fire. I, I, I want to be, cons be consumed by him. Is that right? 100% consumed by him. I've got to do what it takes to see it. This is, this is, this is a working thing with him. Me and him together. This is a working thing. But I want to be consumed by him. Amen? So how many, how many of y'all got a circumstance right now? Anybody? Uh, wait, wait a minute. I thought you all were Christians. I thought bad things don't happen to anybody here. Yeah, that's true. You laugh at that. 
I thought your life was supposed to be perfect. Uh, but yet, whatever circumstance you're facing, whether or not you, you may have caused it, this may be reaping what you sowed. Or maybe it's just something that stumbled in your life or crashed in your life. Whatever it is, don't be overwhelmed. Don't let, don't let it... We, we, we said Sunday we're going to talk about not letting your past steal your, your future, your moment. But also don't let the anxiousness of your future also steal your future. You can do that too. Whatever it is, the God that we hold in reverence in all is telling you, it's speaking to you in your moment. I've got you. It's going to be okay. I'm going to see you through. So be overwhelmed by him. You'll get there. Amen? So, so how about this? Let's close this way. Once you stand up on your feet, and just for a moment, in your way, in your words, just worship him. Speak some praise out to him. Submit to him. You don't know what to say. Just, Lord, Lord, I just worship you, and I praise you. You're God, and there is no other. Let's just, just worship him. And, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you. To live in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. That we would overcome. Lord, that we live each day in light of the, of the God that you are. Lord, that every time we raise our hands and worship, every time we bow down and worship, every time we sing a song, every time we think about you, Lord, meet us right where we are. We ask that your presence is with us. That, that we are reminded so much, Lord, reminded that you are with us. And you won't leave us. Oh, Jesus, you'll never forsake us. So I praise you, Lord. I worship you. You're mighty to save. Lord, save us now. Oh, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We worship you. Mm. Oh, Jesus. So what I want you to do is just kind of look around you, who's around you, and just say, hey, can I pray with you about anything before you head out tonight? If you got something, let's pray. If not... We'll see you Sunday.
Come back, be blessed. But, but ask somebody before you head out. If you, if you don't feel comfortable asking, let somebody ask you, though, okay?